So this morning, uh, we are looking at, on the fourth Sunday of Advent, another scripture from the gospel according to Matthew. And I want to direct you there. Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 18. Mateo 13. Uh, digo, 2, del 13 al 18. And this month, what we've been doing through Advent is we've been focusing on a series entitled The Promised King. Estamos mirando Rey Prometido. In other words, what we're looking at is how Matthew tells the Christmas story by looking back to Old Testament predictions and promises that look forward and point to Jesus as the promised king. Como Mateo mira textos del Antiguo Testamento que dan promesas acerca de Jesús reprometido. So, I'm going to read this first in English, then we'll read it in Spanish together. Voy a leer primero en inglés. This is the word of the Lord for us today, so I invite you to follow along. When they, that is the wise men, had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and his vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Cuando ya se habían ido los sabios, un ángel del Señor se le apareció en sueños a José y le dijo, Levántate, toma al niño y a su madre y huye a Egipto. Quédate allí hasta que yo te avise porque Herodes va a buscar al niño para matarlo. Así que se levantó cuando todavía era de noche, tomó al niño y a su madre y partió para Egipto, donde permaneció hasta la muerte de Herodes. De este modo, se cumplió lo que el Señor había dicho por medio del profeta, de Egipto, llamé a mi hijo. Cuando Herodes se dio cuenta de que los sabios se habían burlado de él, se enfureció y mandó matar a todos los niños menores de dos años en Belén y en sus alrededores, de acuerdo con el tiempo que había averiguado de los sabios. Entonces, se cumplió lo dicho por el profeta Jeremías. Se oye un grito en Ramá, llanto y gran lamentación. Es Raquel que llora por sus hijos y no quiere ser consolada. Sus hijos ya no existen. Bad dreams. Nightmares. Las pesadillas doesn't matter what you call them. We've all had them. Anybody not ever had a nightmare? Todos hemos tenido pesadillas, ¿verdad? I can remember, especially as a child, having a lot of nightmares. And that makes sense. El niño tenía muchas pesadillas because experts say actually that children, did you know this? Children actually tend to have more nightmares than adults do. Los niños tienen más pesadillas que los adultos. It's true. Why is that? ¿Por qué? Well, my guess is that as adults, we actually uh, have our nightmares during the day. 
you know, so we don't need, to, when we go to bed, we're escaping, right, the nightmares we face. Los adultos enfrentamos las pesadillas de día. Who knows? But I can remember as a child having nightmares. Some of the nightmares I would have, I can remember having a nightmare about being chased by tornadoes, okay? Me acosaban en mis sueños los tornados. Or uh, nightmares about falling off a cliff. Or sueños de caer de un precipicio. Uh, I can remember very vividly having nightmares where these bad guys in a limousine would roll up to the house and with guns ablazing and they were coming after me, criminals. Criminales llegaban a mi casa en un limousine con rifles y tal. Nightmares, right? And there were many more probably that I've forgotten. But I learned, I don't know why you ever did this, but I learned as a child uh, how to cope a little bit with my nightmares. Aprendí a enfrentar mis pesadillas. I kind of got this technique where if a nightmare woke me up, a bad dream woke me up, I would immediately go back to sleep and try to finish the dream in a different way, in a good way. Si me despertaba una pesadilla, volvía a dormir para terminar el sueño de forma positiva. I would, in effect, try to rewrite the story. Volvía a escribir la historia. And so, for example, if a tornado was chasing me, I would go into the basement or into a cellar. Si me acosaba un tornado, iba al sótano. Or if I was falling off a cliff, then all of a sudden I'd pull the ripcord and I had a parachute. Si me caía de un precipicio, me abría un paracaídas. Or see, if bad guys came to the house with their guns, I would somehow slip out the back door and, and, and run away. Si me llegaban criminales, yo me escapaba detrás de la casa. In some way, that helped me. I think you get the idea. And I think the thing is true, that, that when bad dreams haunt us, whether they are dreams at night or dreams during the day, we can cope, we can find hope in a new story. We, we can find hope in trying to, to see a different way for this to end. Cuando los, las pesadillas nos acosan, podemos encontrar ayuda en una nueva historia. And I think that's true not only when we're talking about what happens at night, but I think it's also true when we're thinking about how we cope in this dangerous and this threatening and sad world we live in, where there are nightmares. También es verdad cuando enfrentamos el mundo. So beginning in our text today, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, we find a situation that is really nightmarish. There's a nightmare going on here. Hay una pesadilla aquí en Mateo 2. In fact, the whole thing begins with a dream, doesn't it? It begins with a dream where at night an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph, the stepfather of Jesus. And in that dream, God, through this angel, reveals to Joseph that King Herod is after Jesus, wants to kill him. And the angel tells him to take the child and his mother and to escape, to flee to the land of Egypt. And in sueños, el ángel del Señor le dice a, Hero, a, a, a José de que ya, uh, llevara al niño a Egipto para escapar de Herodes. And so that's what they do. Joseph, Mary, Jesus, they get up in the dead of night. They escape to Egypt until Herod is dead. Se levantan y van a Egipto hasta la muerte de Herodes. And then in Matthew 2, verse 15, in a sense, what Matthew does is he peels back the curtain a little bit 
And he allows us to see what's going on behind the scenes. Mateo nos da el trasfondo de eso. En versículo 15, he says, So was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. De este modo se cumplió lo que el Señor había dicho por medio del profeta de Egipto, llame a mi hijo. Matthew's quoting here, if you leave in some Bibles, we'll have it in the notes. Matthew here is quoting from an Old Testament prophet, the prophet Hosea, to be exact. He's quoting from Hosea chapter 11, verse 1, a scripture that was written some 800 years before what happened here. Está citando Hoseas 11.1, un texto de hace 800 años. In fact, let me read it for you. Hosea chapter 11, verse 1 says this. It says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. Desde que Israel era niño, yo lo amé de Egipto, llamé a mi hijo. Now, if you notice, it doesn't appear from first glance that this is talking about Jesus. It's talking about Israel. Se trata de Israel. This prophecy in one way, is referring back even further in history. It's going back all the way to the very beginning of the people of Israel to a time when the nation of Israel found itself in slavery in the land of Egypt. They were slaves for 400 years in the land of Egypt. Se refiere algo antes cuando Israel era esclavos en Egipto. 400 years of working every day, beaten and abused it was a nightmarish hellish experience for the people of Israel fue una pesadilla para ellos but as you know or may know from the story god used a man named moses to deliver the people of Israel to call Israel his son out of Egypt. Dios usó a Moisés para librar a los israelitas de Egipto. In fact, if you go to the book of Exodus which tells this story in detail, when Moses comes to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt for the first time, what does Moses say to Pharaoh? ¿Qué dice Moisés a Faraón, el rey de Egipto? He says, God says this, Israel is my firstborn son. Let my son go. Israel es mi hijo primero. Suelta mi hijo, dice Moisés Zafaro. So God uses Moses to call his son Israel out of Egypt. But now Matthew says this prophecy is also pointing forward because God's using Joseph to deliver Jesus from harm and At the right point, God is going to call his son, Jesus, out of Egypt. Dios usa a José para librar a Jesús y Dios va a llamar a su hijo Jesús de Egipto. Then in verse 16, the nightmare continues. And we learn that there's more to this bad, bad situation. Hay algo malo en versículo 16. It tells us that when When Herod at some point wakes up and understands that, that he is not going to get direction from the wise men to find this child, Jesus, he's upset, he's furious. Está furioso, Herodes, porque los reyes sabios no le dijeron dónde está Jesús. And so he, he orders a purge. He orders the killing of 
all the baby boys who are born around the vicinity of Bethlehem, baby boys who are two years old or younger, él manda la matanza de todos los niños varones alrededor de Belén, dos, menores de dos años. It's known in history as the slaughter of the innocents. It's cruel, evil, infanticide. Es infanticidio, cruel, maligno. And I think the first question we bring to this terrible, nightmarish story is why? Por qué? What would seem that Herod is repeating a tragic story. Herodes repite una historia trágica. Again, we go back to Moses. And what do we see? That the time, at the time when Moses is born, the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, is afraid of God's son, Israel. And so Pharaoh orders the killing of all the baby boys born to the Israelites. Pharaoh ordena la matanza de todos los niños nacidos a los israelitas to be drowned in the river. Manda que, que fueran ahogados. But Moses' parents understand that their child is special. And so what do they do? They hide him in a basket and float him on the river to rescue him. Los papás de Moisés lo ponen en una canasta para flotar en el río, así lo rescata. What do we see happening here? Jesus' parents somehow understand that this is a special child and that God has given them a special charge. And so in going to Egypt, in going back to the River Nile, they are in a sense doing the same thing. They are rescuing their child. Los papás de Jesús están rescatando a su hijo. That's a good thing, right? That's good. But the sad part is history is repeating itself in the killing of these baby boys. La historia se repite en la matanza de estos niños, el infanticidio. And in Matthew chapter 2 verse 17, Matthew says that in all of this, what's happening is that a word from the prophet Jeremiah is being fulfilled. A word, again, written centuries before. Así se cumple una palabra de Jeremías, el profeta. And he quotes it in Matthew 2.18. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel, weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Se oye un grito en Ramah, llanto y gran lamentación. Es Raquel que llora por sus hijos y no quiere ser consolada. Sus hijos ya no existen. If you look up Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 15, in the first half of the Bible, the Old Testament, you will find word for word that verse. Está en Jeremías 31, 15. It's quoted right there. Now, when God told the prophet Jeremiah to write these words centuries before, again, it was looking a little bit in a different direction, or at least in the first instance. These words were written, again, before the birth of Jesus, but after the coming of Moses, and they were written at a time when, again, history was repeating itself. Otra vez la historia se repite. 
Israel at this point in Jeremiah 31 is, is going back into slavery. They're going to go back into the slavery of another country, the Babylonians. They're going to the land of Babylon and they're going to be exiled. Israel va a caer esclavos en Babilonia. Why? Because they've sinned against God. They've failed to be the people they were supposed to be. They weren't acting as free people, so God says, well, you might as well become slaves again. And it says in Jeremiah 31, 15, that they left for Babylon from a place called Ramah. Se fueron a Babilonia desde Ramah. Where's Ramah? It's about 10 miles north of Bethlehem. That's where they left to go into slavery. A diez millas al norte de Belén. And, and the idea here in this, in this story here is that as the people go back to Babylon, as they go back into slavery, Rachel, who is the symbolic mother of the 12 sons of Israel, she's the symbolic mother of the 12 tribes. Raquel es la mamá simbólica de las 12 tribus. She's weeping, she's crying. The people are crying as they go out into exile. They're crying as they leave Ramah. They're crying because Rachel too is crying. Where's Rachel? ¿Dónde está Raquel? She's six feet under. She's buried in Ramah. Ella está sepultada en Ramah. Fast forward to Matthew chapter 2. And he says, this is what's going on right now. The mothers of Bethlehem are crying. And the crying is so great, even dead Rachel 10 miles away can hear it. El llanto de la mamá es tan grande que aún Raquel a diez millas sepultada la puede oír. And a voice is heard in Ramah. Rachel's crying with these mothers. Rachel's crying with the people who have these dead baby boys on their hands. Raquel está llorando con las mamás de Belén. So, what in the world is going on here? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. Why is this being told to us? ¿Por qué está esto aquí? Well, Bible experts believe that what Matthew is doing is he's showing us something. He's showing us that Jesus is repeating the story. Jesús está repitiendo la historia. Jesus is repeating the story of Israel and he's repeating the story of Moses. He's retracing the steps of Israel, and he's retracing the steps of Moses. Jesús está repitiendo la historia de Israel y de Moisés. Jesus goes into a land of slavery, the land of Egypt, and he lives in Egypt just like Israel did. Jesús vive en la tierra de esclavitud tal como Israel. Jesus is born into danger and threats of death. And he has to be hidden just like Moses did. Nace Jesús con amenazas y tiene que ser escondido como Moisés. Jesus is repeating the story of Israel. He's repeating the story of Moses. But the question is why? ¿Por qué repita estas historias? And the answer that Matthew seems to be giving us here is Jesus is repeating these stories because God wants to rewrite them. 
God wants to rewrite the story in a better way. Dios quiere volver a escribir la historia de forma positiva. Because if you know the story of Israel, you have to know that yes, God called his son Israel out of Egypt. Yes, God delivered them out of Egypt, but Israel never got Egypt out of itself. Egypt was always in their hearts. They were slaves to sin, even when they lived in the promised land, even in the, when they were in the best spot. Dios llamó a su hijo de Israel de Egipto, pero Israel nunca sacó a Egipto de su corazón. Moses delivered the people out of slavery. Yes, he did. Moisés libró al pueblo. But what happened in the desert? Moses failed as a leader. He disobeyed the voice of God. God said to Moses, speak to this rock. He asked Moses to speak to a rock so water would come out and the people would not die of thirst. Dios le, le dijo a Moisés que hablara una peña para que le saliera agua para el pueblo. But what did Moses do? In his anger, in his frustration, he hit the rock. He struck the rock. El golpeó la, la peña, pegó la peña. And so he failed. But the point that Matthew wants to make here, the point that God's word wants to make to us today is Jesus is greater than Israel. Jesus is greater than Israel. Jesus is más grande que Israel. Why? Because God calls Jesus his son out of Egypt and then Jesus goes to a cross to take Egypt out of us. That's better. That's greater. Dios llama a Jesús Egipto. Jesús muere para sacar a Egipto de nosotros. Jesus, like Moses, is one who is used to deliver his people, but Jesus is greater. Jesús es más grande. He never once disobeys the voice of his father. He never goes against his father. Nunca contraviene su padre. He does not strike the rock. Él no pega la peña. He, on the cross, becomes the rock that is struck. So that life-giving water, the life-giving water of eternal life can come out for all who would drink of it and would believe in him. Él se hace la peña que es pegada en la cruz para que le saliera agua de vida eterna para nosotros. Jesus is greater. He's the greater Israel. He's the greater Moses. He's the greater human being who through his nightmarish suffering and death on the cross is going to deliver us from our nightmares and turn us and our lives into a dream come true. That's the good news. Jesús es el ser humano más grande cuya muerte en la cruz convierte nuestras pesadillas en un sueño realizado. That's good news because you see this is what we cannot do for ourselves. We cannot change our story. may say well this is America I can do whatever I want and be whatever I want to be true enough I can change and I can I can you know we're told in our day and age you know you can have a different identity you can have a different course of life you can pull yourself up from your bootstraps you can you can become whatever you want to be and that's true to a certain point 
But there's one part of my story and your story we can't change. Hay una parte de nuestra historia que no podemos cambiar. It's the part of how the story ends. Looking at it from an earthly point of view, every one of us needs to face the fact that our stories end with a nightmare called death. That's the way my story on this earth will end. It's the way your story will end, death. And it would seem that that's the final word, but you see, God has a different story. Dios tiene otra historia. La muerte no es el fin. The good news is that because Jesus came, he came to rewrite the story so that death is not the end of it. He died, but he rose again from the dead. Resucitó de los muertos. He is that promised king who is going to change the entire story. That's a better story. That's a greater story. That's the best story. So no matter how much, this is the good news, no matter how much danger we may face in our lives, no matter how much heartbreak, how much difficulty, how much suffering, how much threats we may face, the good news is that Jesus is going to offer us a bigger and greater story for those who are connected by him, to him, by faith. Jesús nos ofrece, aunque tengamos muchas cosas malas, Jesús nos conecta a una mayor y mejor historia por su muerte y resurrección. That is something we all need very much because we live in a world, like I said before, where nightmares do come true. All those nightmares about tornadoes I had, well, last week somebody lived that nightmare. A lot of people in Kentucky, right? An entire town wiped out, hundreds of people killed, displaced, suffering, hurting. Terrible. Los tornados que mataron a tantos en Kentucky. I read about a statistic in our cities right now. There are a number of cities in the United States that are ready to break records or already have broken records in the numbers of homicides being committed right now. Cities like Philadelphia, Indianapolis, and other cities. Hay más homicidios en las ciudades. The city of Chicago over 1,000 people killed this year and the year's not over. It's still climbing. Más de mil personas matados en Chicago. And who's getting killed? A lot of them are teenagers. Babies. Son adolescentes. Bebés. Herod might be dead. Pharaoh might be dead, but their spirit seems to be alive and well around us as we see innocent people dragged down, destroyed. Herodes está vivo? No. Tampoco Faraón, pero su espíritu vive en estas cosas. And so we live in the midst of nightmares the nightmare of addiction, of abortion, 
of mass shootings, of drunk driver-related accidents that kill people, assaults, the list goes on and on. Adicciones, el aborto, tiroteos en masa, asaltos, etc. That's the story of our world. But we as Christians say that's not the end of the story. This is why we need Jesus. This is why I need Jesus. Por eso necesitamos a Jesús. Because he's come to rewrite the story of the world, no matter how bad it may seem to be going. Think about this. The greatest nightmare of all. What is the greatest nightmare of all? I can tell you what the greatest nightmare of all is. La pesadilla más grande de todas es esta. It is God being tortured to death by his own creatures. Dios torturado a la muerte por su propia criaturas. Worst nightmare in the history of the world. But because of Jesus the promised king rising from the dead, it is a dream come true. Best thing that ever happened in the world. Por la resurrección de Jesús ha reprometido la, cosa, la mejor cosa que jamás ha pasado. And that's the good news. You see, that story can be our story because it's a real story, a true story, a powerful story. Es una historia real y poderosa. That's what we're proclaiming at Christmas. That's what we're saying to the world. There's a different story out there. And in fact, that's why we're going to come here today to the Lord's Supper. I want to bring us to a point of this table because you see, the Lord's Supper is really an opportunity for us to relive, to rehearse, to remember the story. Aquí recordamos la historia. We absorb into our bodies a little bit of bread, a little bit of juice, the fruit of the vine. Absorbemos el pan y el jugo a nuestro cuerpo. But what we're really doing is that we are absorbing into our spirit the reality of this story. We are absorbing into our spirit by faith the body and blood of Jesus Christ given for us and that feeds us, that reminds us, it points to the resurrection life that we have in Christ. Absorbemos a nuestro espíritu el cuerpo y la sangre de Cristo que nos alimentan para siempre. So, There's an invitation here for you and for me to come to the table. And what I would like to do is to get us ready for it. Quiero prepararnos. In fact, I'm going to invite our worship team if they want to come up. I want to bring us to a point of prayer. I don't know what your story is right now. What are the things you're facing? I don't know. I know my own story this week. There have been times just of discouragement at points for no particular reason, just discouragement. 
That's the way life in this world is sometimes, isn't it? Maybe you're going through that too. Maybe you're discouraged. A lo mejor estás desanimado. Or you're frustrated or you're stressed or you're hurting. There are people in our midst I know who are facing nightmarish situations. Loved ones who are suffering greatly. Both near and far. And so I want to bring us to a point of prayer. And this is just a time to pray within yourself, but if you have a need for prayer and you'd like someone to come beside you, elders, I haven't talked to you about this, but if you are willing to come beside and pray someone who, with someone who raises their hand, just raise your hand if you want some prayer. Someone will come right next to you and just sit with you and pray for a moment with you. Um, if you sense that somebody's near you and they need prayer, go ahead, sit next to them and pray for them. But let's remind ourselves of something. Vamos a orar y si necesitas oración, levanta la mano y alguien puede estar a su lado para orar. Let's remind ourselves of something. God called his son out of Egypt so that Jesus could come and take Egypt from us, both the Egypt inside and the Egypt around us. Dios llamó a su hijo de Egipto para poder sacar Egipto de nosotros por dentro y por fuera. And that's good news. So team, lead us and we will pray together right now. If you need prayer, just raise a hand. Levanta la mano si necesitas oración.